Welcome into another episode of the Design 30 podcast. My name is Jason Bilyeu, as always, and in this podcast, I provide design strategies and tools to improve creativity, innovation, and overall design confidence. So today, I'm going to talk a little bit about airplanes and airports and air travel. I just got back from a work trip to Las Vegas, and so I spent not a lot of time in airports. Thankfully, I was able to get a direct flight from here in Bozeman to Las Vegas. So it was only like a two-hour flight, which was ideal, but it still brought to mind a lot of thoughts and ideas, things that I've thought about you know, for the, ever since I've started flying of ways to improve air travel and all of the opportunity that I think exists to improve air travel. I actually haven't flown since I think 2021. So this was the first time that I was back in the airports. Um, It was felt pretty normal. No one, well, very few people were wearing masks. It really felt pretty similar to well, air travel before this whole COVID pandemic thing struck. So that was good to see, um, but it just brought back a lot of thoughts and ideas that I wanted to touch on in this episode, and I think they relate to design because so many things in our lives are impacted by design, and everything you're interacting with and experiencing can be improved, in my opinion, by applying this design thinking strategy and through this testing, user testing, uh, failing fast, things along those lines. So that's what today's episode will be on. Before we get into that, I want to remind everyone that they should subscribe to the Design 30 podcast as well as to the Design 30 substack. You can find all the episodes, at least the audio recording on YouTube if you become a subscriber there. And of course, you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. And that handle is at learndesign30. Okay, enough of that. So let's dive into the meat of this episode. So the first thing that I want to talk about in regards to air travel is the food, airline food. Not so much the food in the airport itself, I think we'll get to that later on in this episode, but the food on the airplane itself. I don't know what the story is necessarily behind, at least behind the simple pretzels or peanuts or cookies that you get when you're doing, you know, a flight somewhere between two to five hours. I'm guessing maybe before my time of flying that there was more substantial meals served on flights, uh, even those shorter flights. So perhaps this was an attempt to maintain a little bit of consistency with that. There are some expectations that perhaps people had. And so those were just kind of slowly uh, tiered back, pulled back a little bit, reduced cost, reduced cost. And now we've ended up where we're at, where you get these little pretzels or peanuts. And then you also get your choice of a soft drink usually, or coffee or water. And then you can buy... Uh, alcohol or maybe other snacks. I don't really look at the menus that much, to be honest, because it's all very overpriced for the most part. 
But I think there's a pretty big opportunity here that isn't being taken advantage of. And there may be some holes in this idea. I'd love to hear feedback and see what other people think about it. But in my mind, you're on this metal tube flying through the air with this captive audience. And what the airlines choose to do is serve this not very healthy or good tasting or even substantial snack to everyone on the plane. And I don't know if they believe this provides a more positive view of the airline or if people just need a little bit of, you know, raise their blood sugar sugar a little bit, if that helps people stay in a better mood during the flight. I'm sure there's something and some rationale behind it. But here are all these people and just sitting there, captive audience, that could be utilized to help improve or get feedback on a new type of food or snack. So for example, if you're someone who works at, you know, in marketing for Oreos or for Cheez-Its or some of these snacks that people actually like, why wouldn't you perhaps sponsor uh, an airline to have your snacks on their flights? Now people are actually getting a snack that they enjoy. That airline is able to provide a snack that um, they could advertise. That would be a reason to fly on those. Maybe not a big reason, but at least it's one small thing that improves the experience of people on that flight. And then you could also use the opportunity to try out new things. You have this captive audience that would be able to provide you feedback um, if you wanted to. So for example, let's say you're Oreo and you're coming out with this new type of Oreo. I don't know what it would be, some sort of uh, peanut butter, uh, dark fudge, dark fudge, dark chocolate filling. I don't know, something that sounds delicious. But you could try that new product out on a specific set of flights around the country. This would help you get a diverse group of people's feedback and then you could provide these snacks to them in a bag that has um, a QR code on it. So people could scan the QR code and then maybe take a survey to see what the response to that new snack is. So here you have an opportunity with this captive audience to get real user feedback. I mean, people on the or real <laughs> taster feedback on the airplane, no one else has that much going on, especially on shorter flights. I mean, some people do take a nap or do some reading, but you have, I think this great opportunity to solicit feedback from these people. And you may be wondering, well, how are you going to take a survey on your phone? You don't have Wi-Fi when you're flying. Uh, that could be a part of it as well. When you scan this QR code and you get, once you take the survey, it connects you to the Wi-Fi. Once you take the survey, you get perhaps free Wi-Fi for the rest of the flight. So now you've actually incentivized people to respond to your survey. Uh, it's not a huge cost to the airline. I mean, they're already providing Wi-Fi on those flights. And now people have an incentive to, yeah, get Wi-Fi for the rest of the flight, which I don't use Wi-Fi that much when I'm on there, but I do think about it and it would be nice to have. And there's a lot of people who take advantage of that and I think it would increase the amount of people who respond to the survey. So that's one idea with the food on the flights. I think there's a huge opportunity there just to 
either one for other companies to get their products on airplanes and just get them in front of people's eyes. I mean, that's one of the biggest things with marketing, right? Is to people just need to see it frequently. Frequency is a huge part of marketing. And if every time you fly, you see you know, maybe Oreos or Cheez-Its is a bad idea. You could do something healthier. You could do almonds or I don't know, Brussels sprouts. Those are healthy. Probably <laughs> not the best thing to eat on an airplane, but it could be something healthy or more attractive to an older audience or maybe a younger audience. And you could change it up per flight, especially if you're trying to get feedback. I think you would be able to try out a bunch of different ideas and see what people enjoy the most, what people want to eat on the flight, what uh, is most likely to be eaten or maybe not be eaten. I think there's a lot of feedback you could garner from this, especially with some well-designed surveys uh, that you have people take um, once they scan that QR code and get the free Wi-Fi. So there's an opportunity for marketing. It's an opportunity for airlines to provide better food and a better experience to the people flying. And it's also a great way for a company to gather feedback, user feedback, taster feedback on the food that they are choosing to serve on these airlines. So to me, it seems like a win-win-win. I am curious if some companies don't like to perhaps associate their brands with the airline because, at least in my experience with a lot of people I talk to, there's a lot of negative feelings around airlines for the most part. Most people have an airline they enjoy or that they always go with, they trust the most, uh, as long as the price isn't too high. But for the most part, it seems that there's a very negative connotation with going to the airport and going through security and just, there's a pretty big hassle. Obviously, it's also really cool that you can get uh, wherever you need to go or whether that's, you know, a thousand, two thousand miles away in a crazy short amount of time relative to the history of the world when people either had to walk or maybe take horses so that's obviously a huge win and why people fly so much. But there's there's an opportunity there to improve just that, that user, that customer experience um, on flights. And that leads me into another thought I had while traveling this past week. And that's just thinking about the airline experience as a whole. And there's so many either stressful or just negative experiences that I run into and I believe a lot of people run into when traveling on airplanes. So let's just think about uh, kind of this whole experience. One thing I believe airlines have done a pretty good job with is allowing you to use apps to check in on an app and to get your ticket right there so you can skip the ticketing office and go right to uh right to security. I think that's great. That's really streamlined uh, airline travel for me, at least. You don't have to wait in a line to just get your tickets. And I mean, obviously that's different if you're checking bags, you still have to go through those kiosks. But for the most part, if you have carry-ons, it's a pretty awesome incentive. So nice job with that airlines. I, <laughs> I think that was a great idea and a smart move. But again, let's go back to this experience. So you have to get to the airport usually, so maybe that includes taking an Uber, which isn't that big of a deal anymore. We're all pretty used to that. 
But a lot of the time, you don't want to pay for an Uber, so then you have to get somebody to do you a favor and bring you to the airport, drop you off. Maybe that's your spouse. They have to take time off work to bring you to the airport. Where I live right now, we, me and my wife are close to the airport, so we automatically become the kind of hub for family members to stay at our place and we take them to the airport, which is awesome. But at the same time, that's... It, can add a lot of hassle. And that's the very first experience you have in your day of traveling. If you drive your own car, you have to park it in a parking lot and then pay each day to just leave your car there. And that can be pretty expensive. So immediately a somewhat negative experience to start off your air travel trip. And then next, if you're checking bags, you have to wait in line to check your bags and get your tickets if you didn't check in online. And then after that, after waiting in that line, you go and wait in another line and that's going through security. And for some reason, I don't know if you're like this, but I don't know, please reach out if you also feel this way, just so I don't feel uh, so like an outsider, like a weirdo. But whenever I'm in line for security, even though I know I'm doing nothing wrong, I'm always just a little bit nervous. And I, perhaps that's on purpose. They're trying to create that atmosphere when you're going through security, but it's just, it's kind of stressful, kind of nerve wracking. I'm always wondering if I'm going to leave something in my pocket or I forgot to drink my water. And now I'm like chugging my water while also trying to take my belt off all those sorts of things. It's just another stressful experience right away. And then eventually you get through security. If you don't get selected to get your bag checked which happened to me twice, actually, in this last trip. On the way there, I had some shaving lotion that was over the allowed amount. It was like five ounces instead of 3.4. And then on the way back, I had bought a different, I had to throw that one away. So I had to buy a new one when I was in Vegas. And that one was 3.4 ounces. But then again, going through security, my bag gets selected to be checked. And thankfully, I didn't have to throw anything away that time. But I don't know what the deal is. Uh, maybe I'm a suspicious looking person. Maybe it's because I'm bald. I don't know. But yeah, so there's another negative experience in this whole travel, this whole air travel adventure. Then you're moving on into kind of the, the main section of the airport. You have all the terminals. There's some different uh, coffee shops or restaurants, that kind of stuff. And here, this part of it isn't so bad. But they always tell you to come really early because you might get caught in a line trying to get your bags checked. And then you might get caught in a long line going through security. And most of the time, for me, probably 90, 95% of the time, you get right through all those. So now you're just in the airport terminal hanging out for like two hours, maybe an hour, hour and a half, depending on what type of person you are and how early you get to the airport. I tend to be the person who gets there somewhat early because I justify it uh, that I can just read a book. Like, well, I'm just going to be waiting to go to the airport anyways. I'll probably just be reading a book at home and I'll just read the book at the airport. It's fine. But now you're hanging out there. You're kind of uncomfortable. You have to keep track of all your bags. And if you want to go get some food or snacks, you know it's going to be really expensive. Everything's overpriced inside there because you don't have that many options. And it's just another somewhat negative experience. Have I convinced you yet that it's negative? I'm not trying to be so much of a downer. I promise this will get more positive once we look at the opportunity that this negativity brings about. 
But I'm just trying to emphasize this point of there's so many spots within air travel that aren't user friendly. The customer experience sucks. And it's just overall not a good time. It's not something that you would just recommend someone doing for fun. So the next thing is you get on the airplane, it's all crammed together and it feels like you kind of, you're always in another line. There's so many lines going through the airport and then you're crammed into your little seat. You can barely move. You're too close to your neighbor. And then, you know, to make everything better, they come by with snacks and drinks and you get this little bag of kind of bad tasting pretzels. (laughs) So It's just, there's no point where they're really giving you this positive experience. And then getting off the airplane, you're waiting in another line for everyone to get off. Then you have to wait again for your bags to come uh, through the, I don't even know, the bag retrieval. What is that called? Totally spacing it. Anyways, you have to wait to get your bags. Maybe someone takes your bag on accident. And then you have to go have this awkward conversation and tell them that's your bag. Anyways, there's just all of these different steps where it's difficult, it's not easy, it's a pain, it's kind of awkward, it's uncomfortable. So why aren't these airlines addressing these issues? Why is the customer experience seemingly not even being considered? And I'm not sure what the answer to that is. I mean, a lot of it I know is that people are still buying tickets, we're still choosing to travel, So they're not getting so much pressure from the consumer. Um, That is a really good way to uh, incentivize changes with something like an airline is uh, if you just choose to start driving more than flying and they start to feel that on their, you know, in their profits, then that's going to incentivize some changes. But a lot of time we don't really have a choice. We do need to travel, especially if it's for work, it's to go see family members, you're going to fly. So I think they're taking advantage of that, just knowing that people don't have any other option to make these trips. But my idea, I guess, coming around to that is that I think there's a ton of opportunity here. And so often in your day, when you notice something negative, something that is difficult or uncomfortable, there's an opportunity for design in that. There's an opportunity to improve that experience. And so I want to kind of lay out this idea I have for airlines. So imagine an airline that you can still check in online, have your ticket on your phone. That's great. But then, and I'm not sure if this is technically legal right now, but perhaps there's a way to make it happen. This airline has their own security. And that security makes it a point to make it less stressful and make people feel less... uh, less like suspects and more just like a valued customer that you're going through security, obviously, because you value these customers and you need to protect them. So there's some really basic steps that you need to go through and make sure to hire incentivize people to be friendly and to make it an enjoyable experience. And you don't have to take off your shoes. I've had times at the airports where sometimes they make you take off your shoes, sometimes they don't. And it just seems like a step that's not actually providing any more security. So cut that out. People can leave stuff in their bags because in those machines, you can see what's going on. So you don't have to take off your shoes. Don't have to unpack your bags completely. Have a little bit more uh, 
rationale or realistic ideas around this volume of liquids you can bring through. For example, I had a small bag with one container that had a little too much liquid and then another container that didn't have that much liquid. So on average, the amount of liquid I'm bringing through is small, but just because one container was too large, I had to throw the whole thing away. So get rid of stuff like that. You know, it's all fits in the small bag. Okay, you're good to go, it's safe. So just really streamline that process, make people feel like a customer more so than a suspect. And I think that's going to improve that scenario a lot. And if it's possible, this in this idea of this imaginary airline I have, that airline has their own security that is, however they do it, certified by the federal government to do the security, which again, I'm not 100% sure that is legal right now, but when you're brainstorming, right, it's good to be able to just come up with crazy ideas. Maybe they are, they are or are not possible, but you got to get them all out there. So that's what I'm doing right now. So you go through that and it's only that airline going through that security. So there's not a big long line. It's not uh, a lot of pressure to take all your, <laughs> your jacket off and your belt off and you're feeling all this pressure of people behind you. It's a little bit more relaxed. You're going through security with a lot of the same people who are going to be on your flight. So it's not like you're blocking someone from getting to their flight on time. Overall, just kind of bringing the tension and the negative experience of security down. You're improving your customer experience right away. The first thing they do that we all do when we go to, to get on our flight is go through security. And it's often just such a negative, annoying experience. So right away, you're improving that. Next, when you're getting onto your actual flight, instead of herding everyone together like cattle and scrunching all of the seats as close or almost as close as physically possible, this airline's going to have less seats, more space, both of which will help with number one, the lines. You're not going to have to wait in a line as much if there's less people on the flight and you're not going to have to wait in a line to get off the plane. You're also not going to be worried about not being able to store your carry-on in the overhead compartments because there's not more people than there is space in those compartments. And I know sometimes that's a concern when you really don't want to check your carry-on because you're in a rush. You don't always trust airlines to get checked baggage from one place to another. That's a time where it often gets lost. So in this scenario, you wouldn't have to worry about that. You wouldn't be concerned about getting on the plane first or last. You just, again, just ease that tension and kind of improve the customer experience, remove a lot of the anxiety that often comes with flying, uh, aside from the fact that you're in a metal tube 10,000 feet in the air or 30,000, however high you are. That kind of anxiety makes sense uh, to some degree, but there's a lot of extra anxiety and stress that is imparted by just all of these other little things that you have to work through when you're flying. And then once the flight is in the air, this airline would actually serve good quality snacks, whether that's almonds, whether that's something like Oreos, something, what else would be a really good snack? Maybe or not avocados, but uh, guacamole and chips, something that's actually uh, somewhat healthy and it is something enjoyable and it's an opportunity for those companies providing the food to... Again, like we talked about earlier, try out some new ideas, maybe get 
uh, feedback on the food and to help improve this overall experience of flying. Therefore, associating a good experience with that whatever food or snack item that is with the company that's providing it. And then also providing a better experience or excuse me, a better connotation with the airline itself. And now what you're probably thinking in your head is, yeah, Jason, that all sounds so like fine and good and great, but it doesn't make sense financially. There's no way these airlines are going to do that because less people on the flights means less money. It sounds awesome to have as much room as you want on your flight and not be scrunched in between two people in the middle seat with your knees in your face, but it just doesn't make financial and economical sense. And I think you're right. So here's my solution to that. Why can't these airlines do something similar to uh, Amazon Prime, for example? They have a membership fee that just gets you in the door. It gives you the option of having two-day Prime shipping. It gives you the option to buy or to get special Prime deals. And overall, it just makes you feel like you're a part of that company in some way, or you have a a connection, some sort of dedication to them. Costco does the same thing, right? You have to become a membership or you have to become a member and then you pay your yearly dues or fees and you get all of these great experiences. You get good prices, you get good shipping if you're with Amazon. So what if the airlines did something similar where you actually became a member of that airline and then when that happened, you would get the opportunity to buy tickets to fly on this airline. And the reason or the incentive to do that would be this airline has all of these other benefits. They have this easy process to get through security. They aren't packing people together like sardines on their flights. They actually provide a good customer experience with good snacks and food on the flights. Uh, You would have to work really hard, but it would be possible to get all the workers at your company, all of your flight attendants to be positive and in good moods and and enjoying their experience, which they probably would enjoy working there more because the people they're serving are going to be in a lot better mood because your anxiety is not as elevated, your stress levels aren't as elevated. And that I'm sure leads to a lot of these rowdy, unfriendly people flying and causing issues with the flight attendants and with the people, with the ticketing agents. A lot of that would get tamped down by people actually enjoying this experience and feeling like they were on a higher class or a first class flight. They would feel more valued and they would feel like that airline actually cares about their experience on the flight, which (laughs) that's a novel idea. What if we actually cared about the customer experience? I mean, so many other companies are investing just millions, hundreds of millions of dollars into customer experience to, um, well, as the name suggests, improve the experience of their customers. Why aren't airlines doing this? Right now, it seems like they don't have the, the pressure on them to do it. There's not a necessity to do it. But I do think if one airline started upping their game and start of upping the ante a little bit, that would pressure the other airlines to also improve their customer experience. So going back to this idea, you have this membership and that gets you in the door. And then my other idea is as a part of that membership, perhaps you have just a fixed rate for flights. And again, I'd love to hear people's feedback on this, but this is my idea. You have a fixed rate for flights And let's say that's $300 
and you can fly anywhere in the US. So you might have to do this country by country. Uh, obviously, it'd be different in Europe versus the US, but let's just look at the US right now. So $300, you pay this, let's say, $100, $200 membership fee, which is sounds steep at first, but when you think of the cost of flights, it's really not that much. As the airline, you have this yearly consistent uh, income from that membership fee. And then as a member, you get $300 flights anywhere in the country. And in the case of it being a short flight, maybe that's not the best deal in the world, but $300, you can, you can stomach that if you know that you're going to uh, enjoy your experience on that flight. It's going to be so much easier than driving. You're actually going to get good food and you're not going to be crammed together in the, like a sardine in this uh, long aluminum tube flying through the air. You don't have to worry about that. It's a little expensive, but you're going to enjoy yourself on this flight when you're traveling. And then if you're making a longer trip, maybe you're flying all the way across the country, $300 then is actually a really good deal. I mean, those flights can be upwards of five, six, $700, and that's flying economy. And this new airline, everything would feel closer to first class. So if you're telling me I can fly across the country in what is essentially first class for $300, that's a really good deal. And that $200 membership fee that I paid at the start, I've already saved that in just one long distance or coast to coast flight. So I think that's the incentive structure for the customer, for the user. And then finally, for the airline, what they've done now is they've created this premium brand that delivers a really highly valued customer experience. They're delivering a great product, a product people love that there's a very good associations with. And now this is how you make up some of your other lost uh, income from having cheaper flights or less expensive flights is now other companies are going to want to associate with you. For example, how many companies out there would love to associate or be associated with Apple? Apple is this premium brand. They deliver an awesome product. And if you can get your company, your brand associated with Apple, that's only going to do good things for you. So now this airline is a huge or has a huge marketing opportunity for other companies. So other companies are going to want to give you their food to serve on your flights. Maybe you don't have to pay for that anymore. Maybe that's actually something that they give you as just part of their marketing plan. They're going to want to have their products uh, throughout your plane. They want them to be in front of people's eyes. They're going to want to advertise in your terminals. They're going to want to advertise on the backs of seats, things like that. Obviously, you don't want to just have ads everywhere, but you could make some deals with other companies and provide a lot of revenue just from a marketing standpoint because you have such an incredible brand. You've built such a good rapport with your customers. You've delivered this customer experience that is way above and beyond what any other airline is doing. And so that allows you to be a company other companies want to be associated with. So again, let's go over this high level. My idea is that you have a membership plan for people to be a member of your airline. And whether that's $100, $200, $300 a year, whatever the case might be, that allows people, allows the customer to now purchase tickets. They're all the same price, $300 across the board, no matter if you're flying from San Francisco to New York City, or if you're flying from Billings, Montana to Wichita, Kansas. I don't know. So 
$300 across the board. And on some of those flights, that's going to be a little high. Maybe that's where a, uh, the airline's going to make a little bit more money. And then for some of those flights, that's going to be a little bit low. And that's where the customer is going to feel like they're really getting the value for their yearly membership. And then from there, these other changes you've made as far as having less crowding, improving the experience through security, experience with the food that people are being delivered on the flight, and just the extra space, not having to be anxious or stressed out about their carry-on luggage. All of these things are going to, going to improve your brand. They're going to improve your brand name, and other companies are going to want to be associated with you. And there's the marketing opportunity. Now those other companies will pay you for you to advertise for them, for you to have their products involved, to serve their food. Whatever the case might be, there's a huge marketing opportunity to help also bring in some extra cash flow. So that's my idea. That's what I thought about when I was traveling to Las Vegas this last week. I don't know. I know there's some holes in it. There's definitely some things that you would have to brainstorm and work on the numbers and see if it adds up. But overall, I think there's a huge opportunity in the airline industry to improve. And that's to improve their customer experience. Because right now it's it's pretty poor. It serves a great service. Being able to travel hundreds or thousands of miles in just a couple of hours is it's something, it's basically a necessity now. We have to have that. And that's why they can get away with this terrible customer experience and people keep buying plane tickets. So again, there's opportunity there. And I really think whoever decides to take this seriously and really work to improve their customer experience out of all the airlines is going to benefit financially from that, as well as push the other airlines to improve their customer experience as well. So that's my idea. If you have uh, thoughts on that, please reach out. Let me know. I want feedback on this. What are your ideas? I'm curious. Um, yeah, let me know. Okay, now let's dive into the Design 30 discipline for this week. And that discipline is whenever you experience something uncomfortable or something, well, let me rephrase that. Not necessarily something just uncomfortable, but something uncomfortable with the product, whether it's an uncomfortable chair, an uncomfortable situation that you always have to experience when you go to, for example, when you go through security, whenever you have an uncomfortable experience like that or something negative associated with a product, those are all opportunities that should be and is a signal that there's something that can be improved here. So pay attention to those things. When you go throughout your day, pay attention to those things that are difficult to understand, difficult to use, make you uncomfortable. Perhaps it's something that you figured out a hack for, a way to work around it. Those are all opportunities. So the design discipline for this week is to pay attention to those things. And when it happens, think about it. Think through different ways to solve it brainstorm ideas to improve the, your experience with whatever that thing or that company might be and write that down or file it away in your brain, something. Think about it, kind of go through that practice of brainstorming new ideas. And I think it's it helps you be more creative. It helps you be more observant. And overall, it's just a really good skill to build and foster in yourself. And with that, I will bring this longer episode to a close. Uh, looks like I went over the typical 30 minutes. 
So hopefully you've enjoyed a slightly longer episode. As always, please uh, reach out if you have any questions. Follow Design30 on Twitter and on Instagram. You can also become a Design30 subscriber to my Substack. And that is completely free if you want. Or you can also support the podcast by becoming a paid subscriber. And then finally, please subscribe on YouTube. And I will leave it there for now. As always, design more, despair less. Thanks for listening.